Podcast Network. What's up, everybody? Uh, thank you for checking out the Glass Clown Podcast. I am your host, Patrick Christopher. Thank you very much for supporting the podcast and the Baba Core Core Podcast Network. Uh, if you are listening on whichever platform you are listening, if you could uh, like or subscribe to the platform, whether it's on YouTube or Spotify or iTunes or wherever you are listening to the podcast, just give it a like or subscribe. Uh, that will help boost our numbers, uh, boost our uh, visibility to to everybody who uh, listens to podcasts or watches podcasts. Um, if you are enjoying these episodes, leave a review, a five-star five star review, uh, whatever. Any questions, comments, critiques, go ahead and send that to me at yourhomiepat at gmail.com. Um, I could take it. Uh, I, I want it. I want you to help me create the best uh, podcast episodes uh, that I can, and uh, I'm open to suggestions. I'm open to suggestions, and I could take it. You could be as tough as you want. That's fine. Uh, Twitter, Instagram at your homie Pat. Um, all the links and show details, or anything that I have coming up, you can find at BobaColdCore dot com. And yeah, today I have a local comedian, Mary Picarazzi. She's a regular at the Blind Tiger Comedy Club. She also hosts her own podcast, or co-hosts her own podcast, called Nobody Meets Somebody, uh, that she co-hosts with uh, Tanvir Aurora. And you can follow her on Instagram at uh, Ma Picarazzi. All right. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you for your support. Again, like, subscribe, review, or email me if you want, uh, if you're so inclined. And I do appreciate that. Thank you very much for listening. Enjoy this episode, this discussion with uh, Mary Picarazzi. Uh, so what's up? Mary Picarazzi, how's it going? Hey, it's going great. Good, good. Thanks for coming out. Thanks for being on the pod. No problem. Uh, sorry it took us so long to get this thing, uh, taken care of. It's all good. It's all good. Uh, before we get into it, uh, Twitter, Instagram, plugs... What do you got going on? Anything to promote? Go ahead and start off with that. Uh, Instagram, you can search me for at Mary Picarazzi. I'll come up as M.A. Picarazzi because apparently there's a lot of us. Uh, Really? (laughs) Apparently. I don't know. I couldn't get Mary Picarazzi, which I was very upset about. Uh, But you can find me on Instagram. um, And then we have um, me and Tanvir Aurora do a podcast called uh, Nobody Meets Somebody. Oh, Tanvir's podcast? Yeah. (laughs) He'll love you said that. But uh, yeah, yeah, our podcast is doing well. We are on YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, anywhere podcasts are available. And nobody meets somebody. What's the concept on that? The concept is two comedians who are currently nobody try to meet somebody who is famous. (laughs) That's legitimately all we're trying to do. (laughs) How hard is it to get guests? Because y'all, y'all, y'all don't do, y'all aren't putting out episodes constantly, right? Like you only have to have like 20 episodes? We have, yeah, we have, we try to do two a month. Uh, two a month, okay. We tried to. Initially it was like once every two months because it took a while to get book guests because uh-huh. it was, it got kind of like the learning process of figuring out how to book guests that are not yeah. local. Um, and of course during pandemic, we got a lot of, you know, no, we're not doing that. Um, and as pandemic wore on, it was a lot more okay. Yeah. <laughs> so it got a lot easier. I'm not doing anything else. You're <laughs> like, why not? Yeah. <laughs> uh, which has helped us immensely because uh, California was in pand- it was like shut down. All it's still shut down till June. So mm. it's been really, really easy to book guests out in California. Yeah. So yeah. What's the most interesting guest that you had so far? Ooh, uh, of the one that's been released, uh, Paul Verzi. We Paul do Verzi. our next one. We have is a pretty big guest that I'm not allowed to release yet, but he will be coming out Why? in about three weeks. It's a pretty big episode. We're excited about. Y'all so. recorded it already? We already recorded it. We're just in the editing, and we'll release it in about about two weeks, actually. What? Where are they from? Uh, New York. Uh, <laughs> no, we're not playing twenty questions. No, cause I'm gonna. I'm have gonna... they been on TV? <laughs> There's somebody you know. Yes. Does somebody I know have they been on, do they have a Netflix special? No. Hmm. All right. 
<laughs> we'll keep your keep your secrets and stuff. Uh, so yeah, it's cool. Yeah, that's cool. That's that, all I have. That you're Just give doing. It to me. <laughs> that you're doing Ten Beers uh, podcast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the way, Ten Beers is bon- banned from doing my podcast because he can- canceled on me twice. Oh. So uh, and you know how the rule goes: two strikes and you're out. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah. But no, Ten Beers is a great guy. He's yeah. actually one of the first. Uh, comics to actually help me write, write a rewrite one of my jokes and stuff, and then it's it's always hit like pretty solid since that. So he's a good guy. He just flakes out on podcasts. <laughs> I would know nothing about that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so cool. Like a little bit about you. Like uh, how long you been in comedy? Uh, I've been doing comedy for about two years now. Uh huh. About two years in June, at the end of June, uh, started doing comedy kind of uh, at a weird time. Um, What's a weird time? So. Um, I've always wanted to do comedy. I always thought I was funny, um, but I never had basically just had the balls to do it. And then I had something happen in my life that just was more like, what the fuck's happening? You know? Um, so I had a, a really close friend of mine uh, pass away unexpectedly in a motorcycle accident. Damn. Um, he had uh, been married for about eight months, had just, you know, had everything going. His whole life was just opening up and everything was planning. And he's one of those guys that just like live life to the nth degree. And you're like, you can't help but be happy when you're around somebody like this. Yeah. And we were at his celebration of life and I'm, we're seeing all these pictures and I'm like sitting there going, Oh my god! Like I haven't done half of this. And was I'm, he a comic? No, he was just a cool cat I worked with, oh, and okay. uh, and it was one of those moments that I came home and I told my husband I need to do something with my life and I want to do this. And my husband of what, eight years at the time, nine years at the time, he looked at me. He was like, he's like point blank looked at me. He's like, if you're gonna do it, don't half ass it. Like oh, wow. do it full force or else don't do it at all. Yeah. And I was like, okay, you know what that means, right? Yeah. He was like, no, I've got it. I, we, we talked through it. And I was like, I'm going to be out late nights. I'm going to be out multiple nights. And he was like, I've got zero problem with that. Go kick ass. That's crazy because y'all have a you have a little kid together, right? I have a little one. Yeah. She was four at the time. Yeah. Four. Wow. Yeah. That's such, I don't know how parents do that. You know, like. Well, they go so, to bed early, so that helps. <laughs> Oh, I guess that's true. Huh? <laughs> They're so in bed by 7.30, a... so it's not like... But she does know what I do, and she's like, oh, are you going out tonight? I'm like, yeah. She's like, okay, cool. Yeah. So it's that kind of that kind of questioning, but um, she's in bed by 7.30, and I mean, I'm not even out the door. So you got the rest later. of the night for yourself. Yeah. Uh, how was it starting out? Like, wh- How many times did you say, I'm going to do this before you actually did it? Once. Wow. Yeah. That's very rare. Uh, I was all, I'm also very much older, so I was 30. Ooh, what am I be 39? So I was 36 when I started. Okay, so I, was I wasn't. I mean, I had like I mean, you have life experience at this point. You're like you know yeah. you know piss or get off the pot at this point. And uh, for me, with having that such a traumatic way to start, and for me to get that kick in the ass to start going, mm-hmm. it was like I owe it to myself to just do it right. So yeah. um, I went to one LOL open mic, and it was when they were still doing the Gong Show. And they were, like, gonging people at open mics. And I was, like, terrified. I was, like, oh, shit. I can't do this. It was was actually called the Bomb Squad. Is that what? (laughs) And uh, I guess the idea for that, I don't know. uh, They don't do that anymore. It wasn't a very well-received idea. I liked it. Can't imagine why. Because I I passed the Bomb Squad. Because they had three rounds, and I always passed the two rounds. Yeah. Never made it past the third round, but whatever. Yeah. but I, I think because the idea of that was, like, there's so many people signing up at just the LOL mic. Yeah. There'll be up to, like, 50 names on there. You go to a different mic at a bar, you maybe 20 people. Yeah. You know? If that, yeah. If that. So the LOL mic was just so packed that they're just one, like, if you're not hating it, then you need to get off the stage. Yeah. Which was a good idea in that sense. <laughs> I like that idea because... It's a long night. If, yeah. if, if people aren't doing True. good, if, and it's just open micers, if people aren't doing good, it's a long night before you get up or before it gets good. But you can also have, that's also the responsibility of the host, right? Like, if you see someone bombing really hard and if they have a three-minute set, light them. Like, I would give that give that to the host itself rather than, the gong thing was just humiliating. And it was just like, I'm just sitting there going, oh, shit, I don't know if I can take this. It was very humiliating. The thing is, like, I think the first round, they left it up to the audience. Like, the audience yeah. would raise their, yeah. raise their hand. Oh, if like, oh, brutal. they don't like that. No, that's, that's fair. Oh. Because if the audience isn't digging it, get off. But LOL audiences in general are very tight to begin with. So, like, you come off, you're, like, the first or second person up, and they're not warmed up yet. They're just, like, what's happening? And they're, you know, it's, that, I don't know. It could potentially be a bad thing. But that's also, like, you have to be in the mindset, like, I need to go up and, and, destroy, and be yeah. good. Yeah. 
and be ready and fucking hit them within the first. But it's also 30 an open seconds. mic. It's not a showcase. Like if it was a showcase with a with a, I would have been more is. about that. LOL I would have been more about. LOL kind of is a showcase, and that's why I didn't go to LOL until like probably six months in, a year in, uh. because I don't know who put that that idea in my head. But I was like, I always thought that's where you go audition. And oh. then when I finally went to LOL, I was like, nobody gives a sh- nobody gives a fuck here. <laughs> yeah, There's so many people don't. that just don't give a fuck. There's None. a guy that shows up in a cape, and oh, like yeah. I was like, why why do yeah. you do this uh, here? But, but he's consistent. He shows up more times than other people that I see come in, and I'm just like, ugh, you yeah. know. Um, but they don't do the bomb squad anymore, which is a good good idea. Good idea to get away from. I liked it at first, but it just doesn't make sense that they were where they were doing it. And then to to make it seem like a gong show, <laughs> yeah. it would be different if they had like open mics, uh, different times of the week, and then okay. a gong show. You know, yeah. but that was the only LOL open mic for that week. Yeah, uh, when it did happen, and they turned it into a gong show and stuff. I think it only lasted like three shows, and then they went back to regular open mics and stuff. Uh, That's funny. But that was the first thing I saw. So, I mean, not knowing the scene, I don't know where mics are. All I knew is LOL. I mean, mm-hmm. I was still, still somewhat new to San Antonio. I mean, I had been here about five or six years. But, like, you know, when you get into a new town, you get into your own bubble. Mm-hmm. You're like, this is the only area of town I'm going to explore. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, LOL was the only club I knew. So that was like, that's the place you must start. Ha-ha, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and So, yeah. What kind of stuff was were you doing before you started to decide to do before you decided to do comedy, what were you doing before? Like working my real job. That's all you were doing? Like <laughs> just, just, just doing, working the real job? I was doing that and I was trying to do I was trying to do writing. I was trying to figure out another creative outlet. And I'm very um, OCD but also ADD. Mm-hmm. So I will get focused on something and then I would jump to something else. So like I'm really good at arts and crafts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I kill arts and crafts. Um, but I needed something. Like it wasn't the right outlet. And uh, I did theater for years in college. Um, I loved it. Super loved being on stage performing. It was very much my niche. But I was like, I'm not a singer. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not. Re- I was. I grew up thinking I was going to be Reba McIntyre for the longest time. I was obsessed with her. Why? I don't can know. you do that twang? That- I, I learned. I was like learning how to do a twang. I read her autobiographies multiple times. Yeah. Like, like I was obsessed. Uh, I was all I into think, country growing up. I think being a country singer has to be the easiest genre <laughs> to be a singer in. It used to be. Right? I think back 90s country, yes. Nowadays, it sounds just like pop. So the 90s country is like legit the easiest thing because the songs are very simple. Yeah. They're very catchy. You either like it or you don't. Yeah. And it was easy. It was easy to follow along. So like a simpleton like me could be like, I know all these songs. (laughs) Yeah. Like I'm not a big Garth Brooks fan, but I know every word to his songs. Exactly. Because my, that's all my mom played, you know, on the weekends. And George stuff Stray, like that. Garth Brooks, Reba, yeah. And I always knew about this whole thing about, you know, songwriters that write for other people. And I just realized the guy who wrote uh, Friends in Low Places, mm-hmm. Garth Brooks didn't write that song. Nope. I was like, man, this guy fucking feels it. This guy's been through some <laughs> stuff. Man, get it, Garth. And then the other day they posted on Facebook that the, the actual songwriter for Friends in Low Places died at 77. Yeah. And I was like... Garth is a fucking bullshit, man. <laughs> well, it's no different than an actor taking a part on a movie, right? Like, yeah, they but, write a role for them. You, it's you the know same that difference. Stuff. But, and, and I know that that was the, the whole singer-songwriter thing is a big thing in pop. Sure. That's not... that's not Because I'm, I'm a rock guy. I'm a metal guy and stuff. They don't do singer-songwriter stuff. Like, the yeah. band writes the stuff. Well, Garth does write a lot of songs. Right? That's how he was discovered. That's what I right? thought. I don't believe anything that comes out <laughs> that guy's mouth anymore. You know what I mean? Well, that's how all early 90s country guys got discovered, or late 80s. They all were in Nashville. They were all singer-songwriters, yeah. you know, sessions. So everyone can write a damn song. George Strait doesn't write any songs. Fuck George Strait. <laughs> I'm not a big fan of George Strait. I uh, am not going to go on. I'm not saying that at all. <laughs> all right, edit, whatever. Uh, I've never, I mean, I, I've never liked George Strait's vibe. I dig Garth it. Garth Brooks was like, because he yeah. talks about the bar scene and the love Well, he's the newer country guy, right? George is still coming off of the old school country, you know, the classic gentleman country. Garth was a rebel country. Back in the day, I don't know about today, but I think back in like the 90s, if there was a bar fight between Garth Brooks and, and George Strait, Garth Brooks would kick the shit out of him. You know what I mean? That's just that's that's how he comes off. Well, there's a pretty big age difference, so yeah, I'm pretty sure he would. Is it? They're all the same age to me. <laughs> and then you introduce Clint Black into the thing, and Clint Black. And he, oh, Clint Black! I'll he's tell you, the oldest. I'll right? tell you right now. No, George's Clint Black by far worst concert I ever saw. Yeah, worst. I love Clint Black. Saw him at the rodeo, Houston rodeo, forever yeah. ago. 
oh my god kill me it was the most boring thing i've ever seen in my entire life yeah i believe that i don't i can't even name it some back song i just know of him um that's so weird how we just want to cut the tangent stuff uh because like the whole singer songwriter thing like when i when i realized that that's how things worked in the business in the music business i was like oh man whitney houston didn't write those songs and uh janet jackson dolly martin did you should respect that yeah (laughs) and then uh the one that that recently came out, not recently, but like he he was in the like singer songwriter, uh, uh, whatever forum or whatever it's called, Chris Stapleton, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And then I saw that dude. They have this thing every year called Record Store Day, and I was in Dallas. This was about three or four years ago, in Dallas in a small little record store called Good Records, Good Vibes Records, Good Records, something like that in Dallas, and uh, they had performers in and out. And I saw Chris Stapleton. Chris Stapleton. Chris Stapleton <laughs> in a small record st- record shop, just like just there, just playing. And I was like, man, this guy's fucking good. This guy's gonna be huge. And then turns out like he wrote like all these songs for all these, and then he decided to put his name on it. And fucking blew up. Tennessee whiskey, all that good stuff. He's a fucking great. Uh, anyway, but it's good though because not every songwriter wants to be in front of the camera. You know, a lot of songwriters just are good. Just they want to have that. I mean, think about it. That really is the life when you think about it. I can write a song for somebody. I don't have to perform it like a monkey constantly and tour and tour and tour. But I'll make money every time that song plays. Dude, that might be the fucking life right there. Would you rather be a joke writer than a performer? No, but right. I, that's not. But that's not me though. Like, I, if I was an introvert that liked to write jokes, yeah. That's a perfect forum, right? There's a place for everyone. Yeah. Like, I don't want to do that. That'd be horrible because <laughs> I like to talk to people, but... Yeah, I don't think... There's a lot of people that just go, go off to do joke writing and stuff, like, as a job or career and stuff. Yeah. I'm not that good at the writing. I'm better... Well, I'm good in... I'm more I'm more better on stage, more better. More Is be- that a word? I don't know, man. Look, whatever. <laughs> I feel better on stage. This is falling than, apart very quickly. Oh, it, never, it was never together. Uh, then I am like a joke writer type of thing, but uh, but yeah, I mean, there's some people like a lot rather be the the songwriter and give it to, off to somebody else, or rather be yeah. the joke writer and give it off to somebody else than do it themselves. I just never understood that. I'm I'm about the performance of it, yeah. you know. That's why I, I I wanted to get back on stage. I just had to find a different a different way about it. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So you came in from music to comedy. Me, I was more theater into comedy. So it was like. I was already halfway there. I was already performing and into how to, you know, manipulate stage presence and how to, how to, uh, you know, work a scene, work a stage, make sure your audience understands your projection of your voice, yeah. all of that. So that all appealed to me. I just didn't have the right medium to express it. And then when I found comedy, I was like, ah, this does work. Yeah. And then, I, of course, I tried it and I, I bombed instantly. So naturally that worked for me. Yeah. <laughs> Two years in, how do you feel you're doing? Ugh. Uh, I feel like I look at it like steps. Like if you imagine like those paver steps, you know, to someone's house, I'm like the first step. Like I'll go back and listen to my old sets and I'm like, Ugh, what was I thinking? Yeah. But I'm like, I've got so much farther to go. Like, I don't feel like at times I don't feel when you're so close to it that you made much progress until you kind of like get out of your head enough to be like, okay, I have maybe been a little bit better. I'm not doing a knock, knock joke anymore. You know, I've, I've gotten a little bit past that. But even then it's like, you look at people in the in the in the scene and you're like not comparing but you're like holy shit that's what i want to get to like to that kind of rhythm you did knock knock jokes <laughs> well i started trying to do one liners which is incredibly hard so then i switched to knock knock jokes you think they're hard oh oh so i used to do try to write uh 50 one liners in uh-huh. a month right so then i narrowed it down to doing 5 a day so i would have i have a i still do this now actually when i get stuck writing i have a word generator and it pops up a random word, cabin. And I force myself to write five one-liners. And they could all be trash, but I force myself to write five one-liners on a random word. That's tough. It's extremely tough, but it's an exercise of getting your brain to start thinking along different lines. Because if not, all your stuff ends up sounding the same. And it's all the same, blah, 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 blah. And if you watch a comedy special, like there are certain specials I'll watch. And I'm like, I can't get past 20 minutes. Yeah. If, if, if I pick up my phone during somebody's special, then it probably wasn't that oh, good and stuff. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, uh, and but, but it's so bad because like the attention right now, the the pay attention to something for a whole hour. That's why when Netflix put out like the the the, the degenerates, yeah, fifteen minutes, twenty yeah. minutes, you know, yeah. But even some of those, I'm like, eh, I don't think I wasn't you anymore. <laughs> Next but episode, you're not, you're not investing all that much. True. You got fifteen minutes. You True. know, like oh, they're pretty good. 
I, I, I just, I can't give anybody an hour. And I'm saying this out on podcasts. It's not <laughs> probably going to be an hour. It's like, I don't know. Anybody listens to anything for more than an hour, you know, well, more it's than just, 30 it's, minutes. It's different, though. Like, going and doing and hearing a live special. Like, I was lucky. I got to see Nate when he was in. I see you were at the same show, right? You yeah, saw Nate down yeah. at the, uh, was it Majestic? Not the Majestic, the Aztec. Aztec, yeah, yeah. that one. Well, the same difference. Um, but I was there, and halfway through the show... Me, my comic brain's kicking in, and I'm just like, oh, look at the setup here. Look how he's mo- – like, I'm focusing more on every piece of it more than just the words. Like, yeah. to me, I'm like, God, I would be so boring to just listen to the words, and that's all you're getting. Like, I have to have the whole experience. Yeah. You know, like, how are you moving on stage? Oh, and of course, he doesn't move on stage, which is even worse. And then my, <laughs> I'm just, like, constantly monitoring. Like, to me, that's where I, I get more enjoyment out of watching something, especially yeah. live. I felt bad because, like, he had just released The Tennessee Kid, yeah. right? And then he's in San Antonio at the Aztec. And so I, I explained to my wife, like, like, he's just working on stuff right now. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, he, he just put out a special. This stuff, he's just he's trying to work on it, you know? That's, yep. So they understand, like, why isn't this all banging? Why isn't it all, like... Well, then he pulled some from his album, too. He pulled Yeah, he, he did he, some old stuff. He did some old stuff and, re, and re changed them up. And I was like, oh, well, that's cool. Like, yeah. I appreciate that. Like, that was nice. And I talked to him after the show, and he was like, oh, yeah, you know, you got to keep working on stuff, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, well, yeah, no shit. Yeah. <laughs> that's why you are where you are. But it's just, it's, uh, it's actually kind of humbling to know that even no matter how many specials you have and stuff, you still have to do the process. There's no getting around it. Yeah, for sure. Like when we saw Seinfeld, we saw we saw him right before he released or recorded the special that he did, the uh, Need to Kill or Twenty Four oh. Hour to Kill or something yeah. like that. And uh, so he was like on fire. Oh wow! He was on fire that show. You know, interesting. Really fucking good. And but you see the difference, you know, because like I knew that, you know, he that Bergazzi was going to be working on new stuff because yeah. he just released that. Of course. And then you you're done with that. You know, which is a big fear. I mean, not, not that I'm anywhere close to like recording anything, but I was like, <laughs> I, that's why I don't like to release stuff. It's, I, a pet peeve of mine is when when open micers release their jokes on social media. I mean, because mm-hmm. like, you're 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 done with that one, right? Like, yep. you can't surprise anybody. The tension. I, I mean, I, I don't know if the same people that follow them on on social media are the same people that go see them or whatever. You know, but you're uh, open. I mean, honestly, if you're an open micer. Just focus on your set. For me, my biggest pet peeve with open micers well, is yeah. having is having merch. I had merch for my podcast, and I'm open. Gonna, I'm, no, as an open micer, I am. An you've open been doing no. You've been doing this like let's say you've been doing it six months or less, which I see a lot of people with six months or less yeah. have merch, and I'm like, really, really, is that what we're doing right now? Yeah, like you're so focused on that portion of it, which is an aspect I get. Yeah, focus on this aspect, you know, the hard shit. <laughs> I get it, man. I come from like the, from the band background and stuff. So like, as yeah, soon as you know, as soon as you do your first show, we're like, oh, we need it. We need merch. Yeah, you but know, you've done need, the work and had like the songs that. and had and had the sets put together. Yeah, but like that's different. I Imagine mean, not having a song that you guys original song that y'all wrote, and you're like, we've just done covers, nailed it. <laughs> like no, yeah, no, well, yeah, yeah, that's different <laughs> and stuff. But like, when you when you get into this. In a certain way that, you know, maybe I'm holding myself or maybe you're holding yourself to it. You know, like, we're trying to, like, we know we're going to be here a while. You yeah. know, that's that's our mindset. And especially we both came in late, pretty late in the game. You know, usually people around our age have been doing it for, like, 8, 10, 15 years already. Yeah. Which that just blows my mind. Like, how did you even know to start at right? 20? Yeah. Like, I, I was... I mean, my lane at that time was was music and bands, and I wanted to like fulfill my life with that or or, or chase that. So I wasn't even thinking like, oh, well, what else besides music would I be doing? You Mine know? was just trying not to be poor. Like I was finishing school, I started uh-huh. college late, ended late, ended later than most people. Uh, got married. Like I would just like just not be poor. Uh-huh. <laughs> that's all I was focused on. Don't be poor. And that's the whole point. In my mindset, it was you get a degree, you're gonna have money. Didn't work out that way at all. Yeah, man. <laughs> like at all. And I'm like, and then we moved to San Antonio, and I was like, this is all we I didn't have. know you weren't from San Antonio. Where are you no, from originally? I'm from, I'm from the great city of Corpus Christi. Oh, well, that's <laughs> yeah. I know that now. I'm sorry. I do remember that now. But when people say it, it always it like when I lived in Seattle. Nobody, Seattle, yeah. nobody was was from Seattle. No one's from Seattle. No one is from. Seattle. I mean, Seattle. obviously, people that are from Seattle, but like a lot of no. people that I mess with, that that were in my circle. Downtown as as like Seattle. No one's stuff. from Seattle. Yeah, 
So when somebody says that they're not from San Antonio, I was like, well, where are you from? <laughs> we're in magical land. We're outside of Texas. Are you from? I'm like, no, I'm from Corpus. I was like, oh, man, it's all the same thing. It's not the same thing. Well, so, it's not the same thing as far as Texas is concerned. But like when somebody says they're not from San Antonio, I was like, where, like, where did you fly in from? <laughs> you know? <laughs> On your magical steed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, coming in from Corpus, though, like, so my husband's from Rockport. I'm from Corpus. When we, my husband got a job here in San Antonio. When he got a job here and he was like, we're moving to San Antonio. Like, I got this great offer. And I was excited because I was like, oh, yay, money. We won't be poor. But then I was like, San Antonio, it's so far. And I remember crying and having, like, a whole breakdown about it because I was like, San Antonio is, like, the big city. And Oh, wow. Yeah, it took, purpose, yeah. yeah it took me, like, a while to get my brain wrapped around it. I'm just weird. It actually took me a while to, like, get acclimated to San Antonio. Uh-huh. And now I, I would definitely probably say I'm a San Antonio comic straight up, straight up because I, like, I, I love San Antonio. Have it's you, grown on me. Have you? How long have you been here before? Uh, how long have you been? Eight years, you said. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You're well, now it's eleven years. Now 11 it's eleven years. years. Yeah, yeah, you're for sure San Antonio. Yeah. So let me ask you this, and I don't know if you're going to be upset that I bring this up, but we had a discussion at the Tiger the other sure. night about something that uh, it wasn't even a alter- not an altercation. That oh, this when you got mad at me. See, no, I didn't. <laughs> yes, you did. Explain what I'm talking. You know exactly yes. what I'm talking about. Yes. Okay, explain from okay. your point of view. What so happened? the facts. Okay. So Jesus. And I can't argue with you because like it's like, oh, he didn't let her talk. He kept her interrupting because she's a female. No, we're comics. She's not a female. I'm not a comic. I'm a comic. That's it. That's exactly it. Uh no, so we were at we were at LOL open mic. Uh, I was up before you, um, so I, every time I'm before somebody, I'm, I consider myself opening for them because I'm stupid. Um, oh, wow. So I went up there. I'm just an idiot. Um, I went up there, and I was already frustrated because um, I was trying going to try some new material, and then this jackwad of a Brozinski pulled his phone out during metal of my set, and that just, like, set me off. And, like, before I could even think, my brain just went, why do you have your phone out, bro? And he, and he just, like, put it down so gingerly, and he just, like, slid it across the table without making <laughs> eye contact. <laughs> but by that point, I was I had riled myself up to why I forgot the next joker where I was doing. Uh-huh. So then there was a guy with a very large pregnant, well, she was very pregnant, not very large, but just a very pregnant lady. And I was like, yeah. So I started talking to them to try to remember my set, to try to kill time. Uh, of course, I bombed horribly. It was whatever. But anyway, so I bomb horribly. And I get off, and then you're after me. You go and do your set. I walked outside, and then you came out, and you're like. Oh, wait. You forgot. I went up, and I fucking killed. No, I'm just kidding. All right. <laughs> um, the facts remain that I walked outside. <laughs> <laughs> I walked outside, and we're standing there. Because it had been raining, so we're all huddled around this under this ledge thing. And you walk outside, and what I remember is you just walked up to me. You didn't even make eye contact. You're like, you never do crowd work at a, at a mic. And I was just like, yeah, I was trying to explain to you, hey, I fucked up, I missed my, I messed up my set. This is how I remember it. And I was like, oh, shit. I like that you pointed out this is how you remember it. <laughs> I'll be fair. not how it happened. I'll be fair. But okay. So I remember no icons. You're looking down and you were just like upset. And I was like, okay. And then, then uh, another comic comes in. I don't know if I want to say his name, but he comes in and he was like, yo, we totally know why you messed up, you know, Patrick, is because the crowd wanted this kind of material and you had this material. They and said then, that you messed me up? No, they were talking to you. They were like, that's why you didn't have a good set because the crowd wanted dirty material and you were clean. Oh. And you're talking, and I just interjected like a dumbass, which I shouldn't have done. And I was like, hey, so th- th- did I fuck him up? And they're like, oh, yeah, totally. And I was like, fuck. So the, your comment added with that comment in my OCD anxiety brain was like, you fucked up. What are you doing? Why are you even doing comedy? Damn. <laughs> uh, damn. All right. <laughs> So that was my moment. So you tell me what happened that was different. Well, that in the okay. So you held on to that. You you said, hey, a week or so passed, mm-hmm. right? And you go, hey, do I owe you an apology? Yes, I did. And I was I was just sitting there. I was like trying to work on my set because I was about to go up at the midnight uh, at the Tiger. Yeah. And I was like, what? What happened? <laughs> and you're like, when you got mad at me at the LOL, I was like, what? Yeah. I did not get yeah. mad at you. It had been in the- my head for a week at that point. Yeah. Because I'm a fucking psycho. Which. All right. All I said, because somebody's, <laughs> somebody's told me that before, because I yeah. thought, like, oh, you fuck with the crowd and all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, Which, but- I, to be fair, I would never do crowd work at an open mic. I just fucked up because I can't remember shit and when this guy pissed me off. So my thing was I, I, I didn't say, don't do, oh, like, don't do crowd work at open mic. Potato, I, potato. I was like, <laughs> hey, man, just... Don't do don't do crowd work. Nah, 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 nah. You were like, don't do crowd work. You were like, you never do. You did this with your no, hands. You did the hand no. thing. And my my point was, like, don't do crowd work if you're not prepared to to continue with the a completely crowd work. valid point. But the way I heard it was that's, different. What, but, well, that's that's. 
You. That is. That's a hundred percent me. Why the hell did I ask you about this a week later? Because I'm a fucking psycho <laughs> and it's in my head. Do you not know this? But it's unfair because. People I didn't blame you. I was just like, hey, do I need to say something? Are we good? Yeah. So, and I'm not just going to put it on you. Like, it bugged me. Like, I had to talk to my therapist about it the next day. And he said some stupid shit like, well, why don't you just say. About about the fact that I did the crowd work or the fact that I tried to apologize? No, the fact that you apologize. Oh, and okay. then, then I apologize. Like, oh, I'm sorry that you thought I was getting upset with you. He's like, well, how about instead of saying you're sorry, how about you say thank you? I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> that would have made it worse. To be honest, that would have made it way worse to know that I offended you and I waited a whole fucking week to talk to you about it. That would have made it way worse for me. And I, he's like, well, no, because she, she obviously like respects you enough to tell you that. Truth. And so you should just say, well, thank you for thinking that I was not. Or he just said, well, just say thank you. And I was like, thank you for thinking I'm an asshole. He's like. <laughs> No, you're not going. I was like, I don't understand what you want me to I think it's stupid uh, to say thank you. He's like, well, just try to See, say See, but you can't have a you. therapy, normal conversation when you have two people that are just equally in a different mindset. Like, if you had a normal person that doesn't do comedy and they did that to you, that might be a thank you moment. I'm equally fucked up, if not more, and I don't. that does not work for me. That would have freaked me out. I would have been like, oh, shit, I did offend him. If anybody else would have told you not to do crowd work, would you have taken it like that? Absolutely. It, it doesn't, it's not a you thing. It's anybody. The way it was said, and I was already at a deficit in my own brain because I knew I had, I had a shit set. I was already upset at my performance. I was already in my, in my kind of like low brain of, yeah. everything sucks. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm an asshole. I'm an idiot. And then anybody has said anything, it would have just been, so not to make you feel special, but it wasn't you. <laughs> Anybody no, no, could have no, no, told no. me that. <laughs> no, that's that's fine. I mean, I'm I'm glad that that, that it's not a me thing. It's complete you. Thing. Oh no, a hundred percent me. So, but like, that's why I felt the need to apologize because I'm a type of person that I may talk a lot of shit to people, and I do that often. But if I feel like I offended somebody, that will bother me for forever until I make it right. I don't know why you feel like I was offended. I was, I was trying to help, and maybe it came off aggressively because I was, I had just yeah, come off come stage, this, yeah, and yeah. so I was like just all amped up and stuff, and yeah. like I was talking to everybody. It's not like I went like off the stage and directly to your face. Like, don't do. And I was just like out there. I don't know. I kind of felt like that because you went straight outside and then you came beelines. And I'm like, oh, no, I, I beelined <laughs> for the outside, and then we were just all because it was drizzling, so we were yeah. all under that little shader thing. So, yeah. and, and I, I see you, and I was like, hey, man. Uh, don't do crowd work, uh, you know. You didn't say it like that, but yeah, okay. That's probably how. You, I mean, you know what? Take that back. That's probably how you said it. But my filter, <laughs> I heard, don't do crowd work ever. No, not ever. But like, because. But you did the hand motion. That to me, like, oh. Shit. I do this all the time. I, I'm just chopping shit all the time, dude. I don't know what to do. Chopping broccoli. People have been taking pictures of me on stage. I'm either holding the mic like this. Yeah. I'm like just chopping shit up. That's, I don't know what to do with my hands. Just. I feel if I put it down in my pocket, like I'm just like I don't know what to do, so I'm like whatever. So no, I'm, no, I, don't, I mean like when I was new to the scene, like I, I tried to talk to. I was actually talking to Potter yesterday, uh, Brendan Potter. I had talked to him. He had had a set, and I was like, "Yo, yeah, great set. Like that was really funny." He was like, "Okay," and he kind of like walked away. And I'm like, "Okay." <laughs> so, and so then the second person I talked to was Tanvir, and uh, Tanvir uh, and I have very similar backgrounds as far as our education and stuff. So we hit it off actually really well, and then we started talking through like, "Okay, hey, you probably should try these mics." Da, da, da. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of like my in, and then I started uh, trying to talk to people who were more established, like Kabaza, George, and then I would talk to. Kabaz, I would ask him like, "Oh, did you hear this set? Da da da. Do you think I should do this?" I would ask stupid questions, mm. and then I hear his podcast, and he's like, "I really hate when people ask me about this," <laughs> and I'm just like mortified, like, "Oh shit!" He's talking about me. He's talking about me. But he probably, me. I mean, I'm sure everybody and their mother did that. But in my head, I'm like, "Oh, oh, I'm making every mistake possible with everybody." So then I try to just be myself, which I am a super uber friendly person until you piss me off. Yeah. Um, but I get along with every group, every part. I. I rarely have anybody that i don't like yeah i can say that confidently in san antonio <laughs> oh, okay. no no but in general like i get along with n- new people um yeah i just it was just a very weird it's a very weird like transition to start off in a new group because you're like who do you talk to who, who yeah. should i avoid it's like, like the first day of school exactly you know it's exactly what i imagine high school middle school to be and uh, 
and to go back to like people thinking I'm an asshole, I do do this thing, and I I feel like people take it too seriously. If I'm hosting like an open mic or something, mm-hmm. I'm practicing on playing off of the set before me, the person yeah. before me. Yeah. Now I may be a little bit too rough with people, and like, well, that sucks, right? But I'm just trying to get like a. Response I think it's from all fair. Audience. If it's on stage, it's fair. To me, it's fair game. If I'm off stage and you bring up a joke, okay, maybe I might be more sensitive about that. But on stage, I whatever people, I say, that should be fair fucking game. I hope everybody uh, agrees with that. If it's on stage, just know that it's part of we're, we're playing along. We're all like absolutely. We playfully shit on each other. If you do it off stage, then it becomes something different. If it's not something that we've already like an inside joke or something, I mean, there's yeah. a way to do it. That's that's you know that's somewhat classy, right? But yeah. I mean, if you're just being a dick to be a dick, there's a difference. But if I'm on stage, I'm already putting myself out there. I'm already putting the material out there. I expect to be judged, whether it's a comic or not, right? So yeah. fuck it. Uh, cool. I'm glad we got that situated. <laughs> Stop being. Such a pussy. So no, stop being me. <laughs> no, Great. No, 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 no. This is going to be a long day. <laughs> Go into that. Let's start. Uh, let's do the questions. I gave you the questions sure. to think about. Uh, I hope you uh, you got something that you want to say. Uh, the questions are: um, What, are what you do you afraid? what do you fear? Okay. Uh, what are you worried about? Yes. And what don't you like about yourself? Yeah. Very loaded questions for somebody with anxiety. Thank you. That's what this podcast <laughs> is all about. This podcast is all about because I want I want to know. It, I'm not I'm not trying to say that whatever anybody wants to talk about on here isn't serious True. or doesn't like really fuck them up yeah. in, in in various ways. Yeah. But how do you use your sense of humor to get through that, or how are you attempting to use your sense of humor to get through that? True. So that's why I asked those questions. Yeah. Uh, so we can get to that. So what is something that uh, what is a, a fear of yours? Okay, and then I'm going to, I don't know if I should revise my answer, but I'm going to be perfectly honest. Uh, what do I fear the most? Bears. Bears? We're apex predators. It would be the worst fucking way to go out by a fucking bear that I evolved past to eat me. When what was the last I'm time obsessed. I'm bear. obsessed with bears. Do you see bears I did often? see, so um, not often, but uh, I did go out to uh, Baylor. I was visiting Baylor for, I was with my nephew. They actually have real bears out there? They do have, they have real bears out there and they have a little cage. Like just roaming? No, they're not just roaming. They're, they're not, in a cage. They're not free range. Okay. They have a little area. Free that, range bears. <laughs> free range bears. That's a great band name. That's a great band name. Uh, but they have like an area where they have two giant bears because that's the mascot. And I'm just like, God, this is a horrible idea. Like, this is the way every horror movie is going to start. Yeah. Who thought having two bears in the middle of a college campus was a bad idea with alcohol involved? I mean, granted, Baylor's not an alcohol campus, but still. How are it, they not an alcohol campus? Well, they're like super, like, straight-laced people. Really? Like, yeah. Like, they're cool cats, but, I mean, I they know. just don't I drink never as went much. To college, so. uh, but some dumbass like me would probably be like, let's go and get the bears, you yeah. know? Like, it just takes one idiot to get into that campus. Uh-huh. Um, but I don't like bears. I don't want to be eaten by something that I, I'm an apex predator. Whatever's below me should not eat me. Uh-huh. Plain and simple. So I've had them terrified of bears. But have you seen a bear on the loose? I've seen many bears. On the loose? On the loose. From afar. And I've watched a lot of Net Geo. That might be my problem. Well, yeah. Why, <laughs> why are you watching I just it? don't do bears. Have you seen a bear attack? No. I mean, on TV, yeah. yeah but yeah, like, yeah. but think about it. Just the concept of being eaten. And they're, they're strong. They're ferocious. They're on land. I don't know. I, don't, I just don't dig it. Is that the worst way that like it wouldn't even the be worst way to die. Yeah, it wouldn't even be bad if I got stabbed or a drive-by shooting. I'd be like, all right, apex animal, apex animal. I can totally get it. That's fine. That could happen. <laughs> but like, a bear? Hell no. A bear's not going to happen. A bear is just like in a no, no, no. I could, I will go out stabbed before I go out by a bear. Yeah. <laughs> so bizarre. Like Sorry. <laughs> don't like bears. I think somebody said, yeah, I'm afraid of death. And I'm like, oh, that's a. That's oh, a real. Yeah. That's a real fear. You're like yeah. bears. But bears. Bears. Don't fuck with bears, dude. <laughs> They're like, you don't mess with them. They won't mess with you. Bullshit. Bullshit. They will absolutely mess with you. Aren't you supposed to like just like make yourself bigger and like don't run away? You're supposed to not run away. You're supposed to come at them because you're supposed to like establish like territory. Yeah. No, I ain't fucking doing that. That bear. You know how big a bear is? That is huge. That's, that's like a mini dinosaur. Because I don't think they know how big they are. If you make yourself big and you uh, you don't look. Be yeah. afraid of them or don't run away. I can away. make myself look big. I'm not going to look like an 800-pound bear. There's no fucking way that guy's going to be like, oh, it's bigger than me. <laughs> no, it's not. It's going to be like, I can take it. I can definitely take it. I don't know. What else? Bears are, are terrifying. 
bears are terrifying. But uh, I, I think that's a uh, that's a good fear to have because I I don't think that you will ever see a bear close up in your life. I better not. I'll put money on that. <laughs> I'll put I went to the zoo that. and I saw them eating with their claw. Oh my god! In the zoo in cages and they're so like they're sedated, man. Anytime, they're not even sedated. Shut anytime, the hell up! They're not they're, sedated. They're always asleep. They're they were always asleep. Okay, well, I went. I went early enough. They were doing enrichment. So the enrichment is that they they find different ways of putting their food in ways to make them think and get smarter. So they encase it in ice. So it comes like an ice block with strawberries and all this crap that they like in there. Mm-hmm. And they're like, they're like going at it to use their primal skills. Mm-hmm. So they're keeping that shit strong. They're not like, oh no, don't be, don't be wild. What they're do you like want them to wild. Do like, and so give them get out. all the time. All you have to do is get out. And then, dude, it's not that far. Between that and the and where the little gate doohickey thing is, not more people have gone into bear enclosures than bears have got into true. people's enclosures. True, enclosures. Inclo- true, because people are stupid. They deserve to be eaten. But I'm maybe, just saying, maybe you deserve to be eaten. If a bear got out, he wouldn't be like, "What are these things?" No, he would absolutely <laughs> know what to do with that. All right, that's completely ridiculous, but it's a fear. So I hey, it's my fear. Yeah, uh, what you a- asked me. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Uh, what is something uh, that you worry about? Oh, this is a, now I'll get it more serious. Um, so I've been obsessed with, of course, I watch, I love theater. So um, Hamilton has come out right a while back. Mm-hmm. I'm obsessed with Hamilton. Um, I don't know if you've ever watched it, but mm-hmm. there's a whole thing at the end where he's talking about, there's a song about who tells your story, you know, what's your legacy, who's going to be around to tell who you were as an individual. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's super powerful. Like, I'm afraid that no one's going to tell my story. My family, my, I mean, like you have family, you have friends. After a while, when someone passes away, it's very easy after years and years and years, you just sort of forget them, right? Mm-hmm. What's that Macklemore line where it's like, uh, I don't know, it's, a, it's an actual phrase, but I don't know, I'm just going to quote Macklemore because I'm an idiot. Um, it's like people die twice, first when they die, and then second when someone stops mentioning your name. Mm. You know, and you start thinking about it, it's like when someone's passed and it's been 10 years, like how often do you bring that person up? Are they, is that, are they gone, gone? Like, it's just in the ether? Mm-hmm. Like, that's what I'm concerned about. Like, am I going to be so lackluster of, a, of an experienced life to where I don't even get brought up in conversation? Like, I'm gone. Mm-hmm. Like, that would be some shit for me. Where do you think that comes from? The fact that I want to be, that I'm going to be forgotten. Like, but, like, is it something that you deal with, like on a daily basis like as far as like not being included if somebody doesn't oh. return your phone calls is that like part of it are you just are you just talking about the history of no like, it's, it's all part of it like i make i want to make decisions that because that's a that's a big thing and to be honest uh we're gonna be forgotten about <clears throat> oh absolutely it just there's no way that we're gonna last yeah. forever i mean like I mean, there's books and movies and, and and maybe the podcast is still gonna be online for whatever yeah sure you know but like <laughs> like Everybody. Yeah. Everybody gets forgotten about. Yeah. It's part of life. Well, not everybody. Unless you're George fucking Washington. Everyone knows that fucker's name. Very few people, (laughs) though. There's very few people that get to that level. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Like, there's nerds out there that can name all the presidents. There's a, like... Historians, yeah. They're called historians, but yeah. Yeah, but, like, most of the presidents (laughs) don't get talked about on a daily basis. True. And they were presidents. Yeah. You know? Like, I understand the fear, and it is a very sad thing to think about, but you've got to understand, like, it's not just, you're not the only one that's going to be forgotten yeah. about. We're all going to be forgotten about. So you know? are you trying to feed into this <laughs> existential crisis no. I'm going to have? But no, no, that's, but that's exactly what I'm saying. It's like, to me, it's, am I living my life in a way that's worth being remembered? And that's where I get it from. Like, okay. am I treating people with the same empathy and love and respect that I would want to be treated and remembered by? Uh-huh. And to me, that's how I live, right? That's how I approach. I grew up, I was, in, I was bullied in school, so being left out is super norm. I'm used to being out on the outside, you know? Uh-huh. And then when you get into, like, a comedy scene, which is very niche and very clicky, you have, you're like, am I going to ever fit in? And then you find your group and you're like, oh, this is my group, you know? Yeah. And for me, like this is probably the first community I can say that I've ever belonged to because yeah. I I didn't fit in well in school. I was good at school. I was good at theater. I was good at music. I was good at sport. I was good at all these things, but I didn't have like my group, you know. Yeah. And then I went into homeschool, which it was like a saving grace for me because honestly, I could not. My anxiety couldn't even deal with that at that point. So having a, a group now, to me, it, it centers me enough to be like I belong somewhere. 
Mm-hmm. I found something I'm good at, you know, mm-hmm. mine is drama, mine is bullshit. There's a group that I, I belong to. And then how am I living my life in a way that I want my kid to remember me? My kid sees me now going out and she's like, oh, are you going out? Yeah, I'm going out four times a week, five times a week. It, as, to me, it's going to be like, was that all for nothing to where she remembers? Oh, mom was just absent. Mm. I'm like, fuck, you know, like, was it worth something? Mm-hmm. Would she understand that I was trying to do something for myself or my better myself and be something be a better version of myself? Or was she just like, you know, wait till she's 30 and she'd be like, oh, wait, I've been talking shit about mom this whole time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I totally get it now, <laughs> yeah. you know? Like, there's a lot of all that type of emotion, especially when you're a parent. There's a lot of that, you know, am I doing what I'm supposed to be doing? Yeah. I don't know, man. I mean, I, I think everybody feels that way. And uh, I think it comes from, like, the whole, like, feeling left out now. Like, you're feeling all this <laughs> stuff. Like, why? If I'm here, why do people treat me like I'm not here? On oh, stuff? yeah. But I, like a female in comedy? Yeah, I'm fully aware of that. <laughs> you know how many times people talk around me? Yeah, I'm fully aware of that, Patrick. Please tell me more about this. <laughs> All right. All right. Um, no, but that's, like, that's exactly it. That's exactly it. It's like, especially when you're, it's, it's just, it's harder the older you get, too, because you think that some of these issues are gone. And I'm going to be, what, almost 40 in a couple years? And I'm just still like, fuck all this. I don't belong to somebody. No one cares. No one likes me. Someone said something to me and it's going to bother me for a week. Like, that's the stupid shit. I'm like, I should be old enough to know better than that. But that shit stays with you. Yeah, it does stay with you and stuff. You just have to, you you have to break it apart. You have to like, like, how did I really hear it? What did they really say? Exactly. How did I respond? You know, like, all that, all that stuff. But yeah, I mean, I, I, I get that. And I like I, I I don't have any kids, so as soon as I'm gone, that you know, no, <laughs> no, shut up. What you hear? Uh, so I mean, once I'm gone, like that, that's it. I mean, I, my, my, I have my niece and, and nephews and all that stuff. Doesn't that like frighten you though to be like, no, you're gone and yeah, no, that's it, the ether, and then there's no more like your memory there. Like for me, it's. I'm just, I'm super Mexican though. Like I have my grandparents, my great uncles. I remember them. I talk about them frequently. Like yeah. to me, that's like that's part of my heritage of keeping that spirit alive. Yeah, I think I think if I were a parent, I would probably like how 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 am I going to continue when once I'm gone? Yeah. But because I don't have that, doesn't well, bother good. me. <laughs> it really doesn't bother me. You know, like I I know five years tops, people are going to stop saying my name. Yeah. Five? That's a, that's a pretty big number there. You think so? <laughs> I mean, I think about it now because, like, people that I've known in the past, like, I'm hitting two years, and I'm like, yeah, I'm starting to see people drop off, and they don't bring up certain people anymore. I don't know. And I'm like, fuck. Imagine attention, attention span can't even watch an hour's Netflix special. Yeah. Imagine them trying to remember somebody that lived. Come on. I mean, well, that's... I I'll mean, be lucky someone remembers me for a few months. I'll be fucking <laughs> honest. They're going to be like, who is that weirdo that didn't like bears? Yeah, that crazy person. <laughs> So this might lead into the next question. What what don't you like about yourself? There's a long list, but um, I want to. I'll sum it up to something small. I mean, I wish that I was cool enough to relax and chill out. I'm a very high strung person, and if people, I do not know how many times I've had comics are like, "Well, just relax, just chill out." I'm like, "Don't fucking tell me that." I don't know how to relax. Relax I am, on stage? Relax no, in-, in general, like as an individual, like don't be like, I'll be like, oh, show's supposed to start now. We're five minutes out. Where's everything going? Do we even know who's here? We've yeah. had that happen. And people are like, don't worry about it. Just chill. I'm like, no, I can't fucking chill. <laughs> yeah. Like that's not me. It will never be me. Why do you take it on so much? Why do you make it your problem? Well, I was running that show. That's why it was my problem. But in general, though, like I'm just a, I'm a very organized OCD, like, Things have to flow. Things have to fit into something. And that's the way my brain works. Mm-hmm. And when I'm, if I'm at work, things have to flow. And if they don't, uh, I, have a, I have a moment, right? Yeah. I expect my life to be the same way, which of course it won't. So I'm setting myself up for disaster. But I hold myself to a high standard. And then I want to – my problem is that I expect everyone to be at that standard. And when they're not, then I'm like, fuck you. You're not at my standard. And then I'm like, wait a second, crazy person. Your mm-hmm. standard is just your crazy fucking mind. Yeah. You know, why it's are you thinking – It's unfair for you exactly. to put that on, any, on anybody else. A hundred percent. But that, that constant like – I just hear that a lot. My husband, my husband, bless his heart, he's the complete opposite of me. He is so chill. Mm-hmm. And I've, this is actually the more chill me. Mm-hmm. We've been married 11 years in June. 
this is more chill, Mary. Okay, yeah. Mary used to be way worse. Uh, so he's gotten me to just relax without telling me to relax. Yeah. <laughs> like I've learned how to just like, all right, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna let that go. I'm just gonna let that go. I'm not gonna stress about that. But then if I'm on a project or I'm on a show, I expect perfection. I expect it to be 100% professional. And then when it doesn't happen, oh, like a podcast guest calls me and says, hey, I want to do a show five hours earlier than I told you I would when I confirmed this two weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's rough because, like, nobody is on the same schedule as you. And, and especially comics. Comics are the worst. Comics yeah. do not. They're like. I just go with the flow. I'm like, no, 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 no. We can't go with the flow because yeah. shit's got to come out at a certain time. We've got to record. We've got to edit. We've got to do this. Or audience is here now. You can't just show up an hour and a half late because the audience was here at nine, not yeah. at ten thirty. You know, yeah. so it's just a weird. And I'm already a Type A person. So what does Type A mean? Like I'm very like organized to the point. We'll get it done no matter what. Uh-huh. Like if you have a show and you needed to rerun. I used to run a performing arts center down in Corpus. Uh-huh. So we would have million dollar, you know, productions and stuff. And it was like, everything had to be clockwork. Do, do, do no errors, no mistakes. You know, the press is here. We can't have, we can't have a, you know, an incident where like the, the light spotlight doesn't show up or the spotlight's on the wrong person at the yeah. wrong time. Yeah, yeah. Like everything's got to be perfect. Yeah. So coordinating all of that, coordinating my engineers, coordinating my staff in the front, like I'm used to everything running like a well-oiled machine. Mm-hmm. So that's where my brain constantly like lives in happiness. Is that healthy to be in that position, be in those jobs? Cause I used to do I that. I used, to, I used to do uh, stage managing. I used to, well, assistant stage managing. And then I, would, I did a couple of productions where I was stage manager. And it, it was stressful. It was stressful to the point where I, I don't want to do this. This isn't the right fit for me because I am that way. Yeah. I take on like things that like, are yeah. out of my control and stuff. I was like, you know what? I can't fucking do this. But if I can control it, though, that's a different well, – I controlled it. So I controlled how my staff worked and how they – and how – when they hit their marks and da-da-da and rehearsals. Yeah, but when something goes bad, you take it personal. You take it like a, as an attack to you. No. I no? take no for for when I have staff and I and if something goes wrong I take it as I'm going to take the brunt of it it's my fault no matter what like I will take that responsibility like don't fuck with my staff it's me I will deal with my staff secondly like if you want to blame somebody this doesn't work it's me I will yeah. be that that shield for them I'll turn around and screw and let you know yell at them later but that's me doing it it's my people you're going to yell at me and I'm going to take the brunt of all that and that happened many times because nothing ever fucking works 100% yeah, like I I enjoy horrible. being that protector role yeah. for my crew, my staff. But if it's now when you're doing comedy and you're by yourself, you're like, there ain't nobody to blame. It's yeah. all you. <laughs> it's all on you. So for me, that's even more empowering because it's like, I know I'm, I know what I'm going to do. I know exactly how I work. I know that I'm going to hit my marks. I know I'm going to hit what I want to hit. Mm-hmm. Is that healthy? I don't know. But that's <laughs> if I don't, I'll cry in the car on the way home. Story of my life. <laughs> I do that about four times a week. So why not? Why change it now? <laughs> uh, very cool. Thanks for doing this. Uh, plugs, anything, uh, replugs, anything that you want uh, people to follow you on or all that good stuff? Yes, follow me on Instagram. Uh, hit up the podcast, Nobody Meets Somebody. Uh, we have some great episodes coming out over summer we're super thrilled about. Uh, yeah, just follow us on YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, anywhere podcasts are listening to. Cool. Awesome. Thanks. Awesome. Thanks. Thanks.